Today on the show, depression. Welcome to Lore Party, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and themes behind some of our favorite universes. I'm Kevin. And I'm Jaden. And this is a special recording. Yes, it is. We are in person together. We actually live very far away. And now, right now, we're actually right across from each other. It's kind of wild. <laughs> it's pretty great. It's, it's great because... Uh... Kevin and I, we talk about uh, three or four times a week, I think, working on scripts. At minimum. At minimum, uh, almost every day. But we live in different time zones. Yeah. And yet, when I went to pick him up at the airport two days ago, it was not a grand affair. It was just kind of like, oh, hey, man, what's going on? <laughs> because I hang out with you so much online already. I didn't really, I didn't make a big deal out of it. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, as per usual, you guys know the drill. We're going to talk about Andor, and uh, we're going to talk about episode 11. Yep. And this one is sad. It's a really, this is a, a happy reunion between the two of us, but a sad episode to be talking about. <laughs> yes. Really, really friggin' depressing. But first, we're going to do our housekeeping here. We love to hear from our listeners. That's all of you. So email us at podcast at loreparty.com. We did get some emails, so we are writing those. We are going to be sending those out. Um, keep going. Keep sending them. We love hearing from you guys. One of these was about Karn, uh, the redeemableness of Karn. And yeah, uh, we have thoughts. <laughs> so yeah, if you if you guys want, just send us some emails. You can find Jaden at Mr. Jad J on Instagram and I guess Twitter, if that's still around. As long as it's still around, yes. Yeah. Uh, you can find Kevin at In the Loop on Twitter, for as long as that's around, mm -hmm. and K Loops on Twitch and Instagram. And of course, you can connect with the Lore Party team on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch at Lore underscore Party. We're going to do a quick ad break and then we're going to get into it. So stick around. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so we're back. Before we dive in, as per usual, spoiler warning. Yes. Episode 11 now of Andor, so... This would be a weird episode for you to jump in on in the middle. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, very, very strange. You're going to be like, why is everyone so freaking sad all the time? <laughs> so you've been warned. Three, two, one. All right, let's do it. We begin with a close-up on Cassian and Melshi hanging from a cliff as the Empire is looking for them. Melshi is struggling to hold on, and he keeps telling Andor, like, he's like, well, Andor keeps saying, they're, they're gone, they're almost gone, they're almost gone, and Melshi's like, just fucking, they're, why do you keep saying this, I can't hold on, he's like, no, come on, man, they're almost gone, and then Melshi even turns around, and he's like, can you just tell me, tell me that they're leaving, and he's like, they're leaving, they're leaving, it was, it was, it was kind of cool to watch them, like, support each other it's a nice bro moment yeah i kept thinking of that pbs show uh the one with the lions in the library and it's like and that's why they call him cliffhanger <laughs> i just kept thinking of that the whole time honestly but it was a nice bro moment the two of them just you know reassuring each other absolutely um, i mean they've been doing that now probably for over a month so they've yep. definitely gotten close absolutely so we cut to b2 emo in grief we see the droids ocular perspective uh, perspective yeah. and it's kind of fogged uh, around b2 emo and we hear these humans just speaking back and forth back and forth and then they mention how she's gone and all of a sudden b2 emo starts shaking yeah and the glass on top of i guess somebody put a glass on b2 emo I, yeah respect i guess whatever well, what i think i think it was marva i think marva put was like was with oh. him and then she passed without even cleaning him up that's sad. Yeah, and that I is think even more sad. And the other thing too is like that fog that you're seeing. Yeah, I think that's the that's B two Emo's current perspective. Yep. Because of how old he is, I think his software has not 
Oh, okay. Updated, and I think that from his perspective, it's just a brain fog. Because if you ever like watch his mannerisms yeah. throughout the show, like sometimes it takes him a minute to say something. Like he'll like look down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he'll be like, Cassian, wait. It's like, you know, he's, yeah, no, I hear he's you. Not, he's not his, he's not his, his optimal self. That's why he's always charging all the time because he's old. He's also depressed now, too. Yo, so geez, we yeah. have a depressed droid. Marva has passed. And with the muffled sounds of humans discussing what to do with Marva's belongings, B2 Emo starts shaking and we see the glass almost fall and it's caught by Brasso. I saw a tweet. Uh, the, the tweet was, this is now a Brasso fan account, and I, I support that. I, I really do. Uh, Brasso is trying to console the droid, saying that he will clear the house so it can be alone and say goodbye to Marva if B2, you know, Emo wants to do that. And B asks to go and be with Brasso. And we see the sisters, um, it's the organization in the town. There are prominent women in in the town and maybe even the planet. We're not really sure how far their authority runs, but she's Marva is considered to be like a very prominent member of not yeah. only the town, but the community as a whole. Yeah. And again, we, we star Wars is weird because like towns don't really matter as much as like planets. Yeah. So we're not really sure how far it extends, but like, the immediate community is devastated that she's gone. Local politics isn't huge in Star Wars. No, no, they're, they're more big picture politics. <laughs> and so B wants to be, well, B wants to be yeah. with Brasso. And the sisters are bringing out Marva, and we see B kind of watch as her body is taken down the street. Yep. And B and Brasso just kind of stand there. And she's going to be cremated. We'll get into that uh, in a bit. The as the entire town is watching, and we then see the ISB agent that it was tailing her, and he's been watching her. And then we see Cinta yep. walk into the bar. So they're both in a bar together, and he asks, "He's like, did you know her?" And she's like, "No, I just started." And like, obviously, both of them are unaware of each other's true reason. I thought for it was so there. funny that they're both hanging out at the same spot. Like, Cinta has apparently been there so long that she ran out of money and needed to take a job. <laughs> yeah. Man, spying is... It's not as glamorous as James Bond makes it look on screen, man. I'll tell you what. <laughs> at least good spies. We cut back to Cassian and Melshi. They have gotten away from the Imperial patrols, and they see two aliens, like, fishing. These two big, great-looking aliens. In fact, uh, someone pointed out that one of the aliens, the one with, like, the, the knife for a hand, kind of resembles the aliens that Anakin encountered in the old Tarkovsky Clone Wars series, the old like animated five-minute episode one, when he rescues a colony of tortured souls from the Separatists. I was like, that's kind of a stretch, but also like it's kind of cool if, it, if that's true. I don't, we haven't been confirmed if that's true, but I don't know, it's kind of neat. I was thinking more along the lines of like, from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, <laughs> like they're going to read me poetry and yeah. Cassian's uh, ears are going to bleed. They see that these two aliens did not arrive alone. They actually came on a quad jumper, which quad jumper was in episode seven. Ooh. They're talking about what should we do? And Mel, she's like, let's steal it <laughs> <laughs> right away. Cassian's like, he's like, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 we got to slow down. And Mel, she's like, no, nah, man, we're, I've been trapped on this planet for years. I'm out. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. They start running. And then all of a sudden a booby trap goes off and just grabs them in like the world's most disgusting webbing. Gross. It looks like, like, you know, like spider, it looks like Spider-Man's web. It does. But grosser. If that's yeah. possible. Yeah. It's like thick. Yeah. And wet. wet. Gross. Basically, these aliens just shoot nasty at them. Yeah. As they're getting caught, they're trying to escape, and we cut to Daedra, and she's discussing Marva's death with that officer who wanted to hang Pack. Um, that guy is a dick. Uh, that's yep. all I'm going to say. He doesn't really seem to care about anything. Um, we don't know now. Uh, we did say Pack. We did mention that he could have been uh, Bix's dad, it's a little fuzzy on that um, because we were talking about this earlier. Yeah, that might have just been a boo-boo on my part. So if someone wants to yell at me in the comments that I, I misheard his name versus like I thought I thought I heard her say dad versus pack. They did say like they have a similarity and they look like related. Like, they, I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, this guy is talking to Deidre about what to do and they want to get a permit. They want to do all this stuff for a funeral and they can't. And. Daedra's just like, actually, yeah. let them have the funeral. Because this has been done before, like when a prominent member of the community dies. Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, sure. You know, like, we would like to get a permit. And the Empire's like, no, fuck that. You're not doing yeah. 
Plus, this might actually be a repercussion from the crackdown mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of the Aldani heist because they said one of the one of the measures was like local customs will be prohibited if you are thought to be a hotbed of fermentation. Yeah, which. <laughs> I mean, come on, that's why Karn lost his job. Yeah, but she says it's fine because she sees this as, okay, I'm going to use this to get Cassian to come to Ferex. Yep. They talk about what the funeral is like and what happens on Ferex. We're going to actually have that in the quotes later, but essentially she's going to be cremated and turned into a brick. Yes. That is the local custom is that you continue to contribute to the community even after you have passed by way of literally helping to build the community's next generation of homes. Yeah. We then cut back to Cassian and Melshi, and they are in quite the sticky situation, if I do say so myself. God. And the aliens, they begin discussing what to do with them, which, by the way, you want to talk about like things they reminded you of? The way they talk reminded me of trolls from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, totally, absolutely. <laughs> like, sod the Empire, they killed the Squigglies. Well, one of them speaks basic and the other one doesn't. Yeah. Which is annoying because Cassian's like, what did he say? What did he say? He's like, can't figure it and out. I, I think he was speaking, I think they said, it, I think the subtitles said speaking Narcanian. And it turns out the alien, you know, they're like, ooh, this is a good catch. Like $1,000 each the reward is for these guys. And then they're like, ooh, and it's alive or dead, too, so we can kill these guys. And Cassian is like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. We're, you know, we're not the Empire. We're victims, too. We were trapped. We were just trying to escape. And that seems to do the trick, because those guys are like, you know what? I think they said, like, scod the Empire. Yeah. They, be, they ain't be taking you today, and they, like, they retract their nasty webbing. They're like, where do you guys want to go? Well, it's nice to see that. The Empire fucking these guys over makes them say, yeah, fuck the Empire. You know what? You know, screw these guys. We're going home. So after this, we now see Luthen's assistant, Clea. There are a lot of rumors about Clea now going around, by the Do way. Do you want to address this now or you want to, you want to wait till the end? I'll just say it. Clea's not fucking Leia in disguise, people. <laughs> I saw that on Twitter the other day, God. and I was like... Listen, Elon Musk giving freedom to everyone is not a good thing, okay? I, People come up with these brain-dead theories. She's like 15 when this show is airing. Like, It makes no she's sense. She's 19 in A New Hope. This woman is clearly in her 20s. Yeah, it makes no sense. She, actually, I'll do, one, I'll do you one better. She's in Rebels right now. In the timeline, she shows up in an episode of Rebels like, I don't know, like a month from when this happens. Got him. So she's still doing senatorial stuff. Got him. Think, people. So Clea is working on restoring an artifact when she gets a visit from Vel. Vel has come looking for Luthen, and she wants to tell him about Andor's mom passing and that, you know, Ferex is currently a hotbed of Imperial activity. Yep. He's not around. She says she looked in the back. She already knows he's not there. And Clay yep. is just like, they get into this weird argument. And Clay is just kind of like, what Like, what have you done? And they go back and forth on, what have you done? Pretty sure you see the Mayan calendar behind her. It was <laughs> kind of funny to see that. But since he's not there, Clay kind of, she kind of realizes like, hey, you know, this is a big deal. Because they get in an argument about like, who, what's more important. It's 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 a weird like, they're they're trying to like they're trying to to measure swords here. They're trying to like, well, I'm more important to Luthen. No, I'm more important to Luthen. Where it's like, no, guys, you're on the same team. It's we're seeing the infighting of the Rebel Alliance in its infancy because no one really has a set goal in mind. Even with even with operatives who work for the same person, there's just no trust with between the two of them. Yeah, because I think I like like. Vel is worried that Clea's not going to tell Luthen where that info came yeah, from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she won't get the credit for it. So she won't move up the ranks in his, like... Inner circle. Yeah, his inner, his evil organization. But it's like, no, man, like, you guys are on the same team. You're doing, you're doing exactly what the Empire does. Yeah. I mean, that's what he said, right? He says he's cursed to play by the book, essentially, yeah. of his enemy. Which, which you see that in his operatives. He's fomenting this, this rivalry between them. We were talking about this earlier. He doesn't tell the whole truth ever. He no. always has at least a little bit of a lie in there. And I think that's like, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I think that's trickled down into his, his people. His people. Yeah, his people don't know. Well, they don't know. They don't know what you know. You know, I don't know what you don't know. And they, so there's yeah. just no one has the full picture, which is compartmental. It's what you got to do when you're waging a guerrilla war. But it does lead to these these awkward situations. Yeah, and so they argue for quite a little bit until finally it's like, hey, the information is so important that none of this matters. Yep. 
Which, side note about uh, the shop before we move on, I am so surprised they haven't tried to sneak in an Indiana Jones artifact among the other oh. trinkets. Because okay. that is absolutely something Lucas would have done. You're right. Absolutely Because right. he did the reverse of that in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, R2-D2 and C-3PO are on the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. Or on the hieroglyphs in the Ark of the Covenant room. So I'm just I'm very surprised they haven't flipped that yet. And oh, I'm we got they, one episode left. We have a whole, other episodes too left. That's true. So but I'm just I'm just like imagine just seeing like the 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 Holy Grail just like sitting there somewhere. That'd be, cool. be kind of neat. That'd be cool. So we cut back to Ferrix, and we we see the Imperial agent. He's still hanging out at the pub, and he watches the crowd as Brazo goes to collect uh, B2 EMO, and that poor droid. Brazo walks into the room and he's like, "Hey B, come on man." And B's still sitting on his charger. And he's, like, and he's like, I'm charging. And he's like, you've been there all day. Yeah. And it turns out that what's going on is he still thinks that there's a chance Marva's going to come home. No one has really explained to him that she is not coming home. This is, I, I texted you this before we did the episode. I was like, this is like when an, a, a, an owner dies and the dog is like waiting for them to come back. Like the dog doesn't know that she's not coming home. Brazel's like, B, she's not going to want you to be alone. She wouldn't want that. And he's like, well, you could stay. And Brazel's like, oh, fine, one night. We'll stay one night. And then the little droid gets so happy, he comes out of his charging pad, and he's like, all right, thank you. It's just such a sad, sad freaking scene, man. It's depressing. And this droid is now my new favorite droid. Who did he overtake? What was at the top? K2SO. Okay, definitely. that's fair. That's fair. I saw this tweet that said, B2 Emo has anxiety and like basically depression. And I was like, man, they are making these droids more human every <laughs> single time. Human? He's a Gen Z. Oh, God. He's a millennial. I'm a millennial, yeah. After this, we cut to Bix being brought in for yet another interrogation. She looks rough, by the way. She looks terrible. She looks like she's. A walking corpse of a drowned victim. Like, it's so bad that, like, even when the guard comes to get her, he's carrying her. Like, yeah. she's leaning on him to get him, to get her into the room where they're going to conduct the... Inter- it's not even an interrogation at this point. It's an interview. Like, she... Yeah. Interrogation would imply force. There's just... They're not even wasting their time. Dr. Gorst isn't even there. Yeah. They threaten to call him, but she doesn't even say anything. She no. doesn't say a word. She does not say a single word. They show her Anton Krieger. Yes. And they want her to tell them if that's Axis, if that's Luthen. Yes. And you can see the fight. I know you were telling me this earlier. You can see the fight in her to want to protect Cassian, but also not want to be tortured. Yeah, there's that, there's that, that moment in her eyes where she's like, I can say yes. And this, and you know, it'll, and best case scenario, they believe me. The problem is they have not believed anything I have said for however long she's been tortured. And at the same time, like, there's, she's got to have some resentment for Cassian at this point because like, he's the reason that she's in this situation. But at the same time, she still wants to protect him and she was so yeah. protect him. So there's that moment where like, like she literally, it, it's, like, it's like not even tears. It's like this well up of just pain because she knows that she's in an unwinnable situation. Because yeah. God forbid she says, yes, that's... That's Axis, and they go, we know you're lying. Dr. Gorst will see you in the moment. They just want to torture. I don't even think they're really out to get the yeah. information anymore. The, the line that always pops in my head uh, is the line from Empire Strikes Back when Han Solo gets delivered back into the prison after mm-hmm. the torture scene, and yeah. he just goes, they didn't even ask me any questions. And yeah. I'm like, you know, obviously in that moment, they were trying to torture him so that Luke could feel his pain through the Force. Mm-hmm. But at the same time... <laughs> Who's to say that wasn't a standard Imperial interrogation session? Yeah. Let's just torture the shit out of this guy, and then the fear of being tortured again in, like, another day will force him to say whatever we want him to say. Speaking of another form of torture, we go to psychological torture. In the reciting of a Chandrillan chant by Leda and her friends. Man, the the wording on the chant. I I don't know if you wrote that in the quotes. I didn't. It's... It's it's really Bad. it's weird. It's like first because Star Wars, I at least I feel, has always been a very feminist place, if you will. Like just like like, so it's very weird to hear like they're like you know like the wife must obey, the yeah, wife must be it's... faithful. But it wasn't it wasn't even like that direct. It was like it was like 
we are safe in the wheel and shit like yeah, that. Where it's, it's like cryptic shit to try to make you feel like it's more important. Yeah, to, more like yeah. like like the, the basically the the message of the chance is like to, that there is like goodness and holiness in being a bride and being like the wife of a household. It's gross. It was very weird. And the person who thinks it's really gross is Vel. Like Vel walks in on Mon Mothma watching this happen. Yeah. And Vel's like, I can't believe that you're allowing this. And that's when the saddest thing comes up. Mon Mothma says, I had no part in this. Her husband didn't even approve this. He actually was very, she says, he's actually very open-minded on the subject. Yeah. This was all Lita's idea. And, yeah, and it's I bad. think I know where that comes from. I think it comes from the fact that Mon Mothma is so absent in her life, in her roles as a senator and mm-hmm. as an insurgent, mm-hmm. that Leda does not have a female influence in her life. Yeah. And I think that this caused her to seek out a powerful female influence. And what she found is the ancient traditions of Shandrilla. Mon Mothma even says, like, it's worse here than it is at home. Because at home, they're, you know, they're, they're able to live their lives very easily, but we're separated from your home world. You're trying to look for, you know... What, Acceptance. Culture. Yeah, be, you're looking for yeah. your culture. And the problem is, is that the Shandrillan culture is child marriage. It's fairly toxic. Yeah, it's very toxic. And Mon Mothma, it's killing her because she knows it's her fault. Yeah. You know, the reason that Leda is being absorbed by this is because she resents her mother for not being there for her. When she's like, oh, Auntie Val, like later on in the episode, when she hugs him, like she gives Mon Mothman like a dirty look. Yeah, it's you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. She's a teenager, and I mean, yeah, we've all teenagers all, hate their parents. Teenage, yeah, yeah, but this is like. Like, every, she has not said a nice bad. thing to her mom at once this season. What gets me too is like, if she loves Vel though so much, Vel is not. Vel about is, this stuff. Yeah, she's not any of that and it's, stuff. It's very obvious that she's not. Like, like my mom's husband even teases her, like, wow, you know, how, only widowers yeah. are left at this point for you because she's in her she's in her 20s and unmarried. Ooh. But the problem here is, is it really that she wants to be accepted? Because she could also be just trying to do this to Mon. Because if she looks up to Vel, maybe she wants to be more like Vel. She clearly does because she wants to wear the dress, blah, blah, blah. But she's... I don't know. I, it's a very weird... Who knows, teenagers, whatever. Who knows? Kids are fucking weird. So then, Mon and Vel decide to talk about the trouble that Mon is in. The finances. It's bad. It's very bad. Her system... It's kind of... It's not unlike our, you know, reality where, like, companies, if they want to launder money, they'll just form a bunch of shell companies, mm-hmm. pour the money into the shell companies... The water, she said, the water runs downhill, and I just scoop it up at the bottom. Yeah, but this time, it didn't all uh, come back up when she nope. was trying to bring it back up. Turns out, when you spend money, you can't replace it very easily. Yeah. So they're talking about how she was moving the money to the rebels, and it was a mess, and everything's all fucked up. But she finds a solution. And it's uh, heavily implied now that she is going to be planning on marrying off her daughter to Skulden's son. And the worst part is, is that Mon Mothma knows that Leda probably will be totally fine with it because that's what you're supposed to do yeah. on in, yeah, in yeah, her yeah. version of Chandril and culture. And it's like, and it, you know, it's, it's heartbreaking because she, you know, you want better for your kids. Mm-hmm. You want, you want to make sure that they don't have to go through... Because she's miserable in her marriage. She hates her marriage. And she loves her daughter. So she doesn't want her daughter to end up the same way that she was. And it's, even, it's kind of a worse situation because, you know, this is the son of a criminal. For all she knows, he's involved in those criminal activities as well. Yeah. Granted, that'd be the youngest crime lord ever, but mm-hmm. hey. And again, I, I, I hesitate to say crime lord because they're Shandrillan criminals. They smuggle the equivalent of Star Wars beanie babies, I'm sure. Like... <laughs> <laughs> this is not like the huts we're dealing with. We're, we're dealing with the pompous, fancy rich boys. Like, I'm sure he cheated on his test once while they were in school, and that's what Mon Moth was mad about. Speaking of goody two-shoes, <laughs> we cut to our buddy Karn. He's being woken up in the middle of the night by his mother. You got a call. And She's the call gross. comes from our favorite sergeant. It, that, was, it was great to see this guy. I, no, I fucking love this guy. He's so fucking funny. He's like, hello, sir. How are you? 
It's great. He's like, sir, sir, it's about Cassie and Andor. Yeah. And like, Karn is like, what? What? Cassie and Andor? Where is he? And like, and he's, they, like he's like, yes, I am good. How are you? <laughs> the reception is not great wherever he's at. And he's like in a smelter. He still stayed on. Morlana one. Yeah. Yeah. So he's still doing, you know, uh, work, but he has definitely been demoted. Yes. And he basically informs him that Andor's mother is gone. And I think Karn realizes, just like everybody else, this is an opportunity that Cassian's going to show up. Which, you know, yeah, he probably is. Let's be honest. Uh, yeah, he definitely he's, is. He's, you know, there's no reason for him not to. Now back on Neomos, Andor sneaks back into his old room and retrieves the money and Nemec's manifesto, which also goes off as soon as he opens it by accident. We kept joking about this. It's been months since he <laughs> was arrested. No one found that fucking box. I call bullshit. It's like, it's very clearly sitting up there. Like, are there not ceiling tiles in the Star Wars universe that he could have moved to, like, put that box up there, you know? It wasn't even on the top shelf. No! there was Yeah, there was a higher shelf in that shot that he could have put it on. I, it was locked, I guess? I, yeah, I guess. I guess no one tried to... I guess they respect property a lot more in Star Wars than we think. The uh, the maintenance guy left it there. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, they're on a rich planet, too, so these rich people probably don't give a shit. Maybe. That could be it. Speaking of rich people, we cut back to Luthen. I am nailing these transitions today. He, uh, We know he's missing. Well, now we know where he went. He went back to Saw's hideout because Saw, I guess, had a message for him. He gets there, and Saw Guerrero is so excited. He's like, dude... We are in for that raid with Krieger. Isn't that great? Listen, man, we'll work out the details, but, like, we are in. We are going to take out that base. High-five me, my bro. <laughs> and Luthen's like, yeah, about that. Oh, man. <laughs> and it's so cool, Luthen, because, like, Luthen tries to subtly convince him. Yeah. Because he doesn't want to reveal what's going to happen. He's like, mm -hmm. you know, hey, man, it's already in motion. You know, things are happening. I don't know if we can do this. And so I was like, listen, you pushed this, man. This was your idea. We're going to do it. That's great. Yeah. And then Luthen finally was like, I got to come clean. Hey, man, you can't do this raid. And Saul's like, but why? He's like, because that raid's going to go bad and everyone's going to die. He even says the ISB is watching them. They yeah. know everything. They know everything. And you notice this. He goes, yep, they're going to be wiped out. And Saul goes, it's 30 men. And Luthen goes, and Krieger, it's 50 men. The ISB knows that it's 50. Luthen's not even confirming numbers to be wrong. Mm -hmm. Because, well, for one, it reveals how much he knows about Krieger's operation. Yep. He's even been, he's been caught that he knows, but he's still not revealing everything that they need. Like I said, he tells the truth sometimes, but there's always a lie there. There's always a little bit of a, yeah, an inconsistency at the very least, which I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for someone to call it. And Saw does. Saw's like, he almost, he's like, how the hell do you know all this stuff? You must have an informant. Or you're an ISB agent. Yeah. He, oh, yeah, he's like, you're an ISB agent. Or you have informants in Krieger's group and in the ISB and probably even here. Yeah. It's a whole argument. There's We have some of it in the quotes, but it's it's a pretty bad situation. We, for we see, because like when we first introduced to Saw in Rogue One, obviously you've, people have seen him in the Clone Wars, but like when we see that version of Saw in Rogue One, he's fucking paranoid as shit. I wonder why. Yeah, because he was there at the beginning of the rebellion and he knows like the leaks can cause death. Yep. And possible dismemberment in his case. Yes. God, he's fucked up by, by Rogue One, isn't he? He is very, very... Is he even considered human by Rogue One? Yes, he is. He's, he's more machine than man. Oh, my. He's the... You said this. He's the, he's the rebel Darth Vader at that point. <laughs> Pretty much. He's even got like a... Pro, I read in the, like the lore, he's like a prototype of Vader's suit apparatus on him. That's why like sometimes when he pulls the oxygen out to suck on it, you hear like the... Like a makes little sense, bit. Makes sense. So throughout this whole thing, like saw, you know, questioning him, Luthen, he goes, he goes, Oh yeah, I got an informant. It's two tubes. <laughs> what a name. And fucking two tubes is like, whoa, what do you mean? Hey, boss man, I'm all good. And he like tries to go over to talk to Saw. And when he does that, Luthen pulls his fucking gun out of two tubes' holster and puts it in Saw's face. And you know what? Honestly, Saw's eyes light up when that happens. Yeah. He's like, Oh, I get to kill something. Like, yeah. all this subterfuge is gone. Like, you're a, clearly a bad guy. He's like, you know there's no way out of this alive. 
And Luthen just hits him with like, this is the only way you'd fucking listen to me. Yeah. Like, think yeah. about it. If you were I, if I was ISB, I would have given you up. Yeah, I would have just let you go I and fight. Le- I would have let you go off, and you would have gotten killed along with Krieger. They kind of agree to the whole long game thing. Yeah, they're like, hey, man, listen. We're getting into the quotes, but it's like, listen, you got, you know, you got to play long game with me here. Yeah. Which, which is, is hilarious. He's telling that to Saw, because Saw has been playing the longest long game ever. <laughs> He's yes. been playing a long game since before the Empire existed. Yeah. So after this, we see Karn, who waits for his mom to leave the apartment complex. And then he breaks into her safe and steals her credit card. <laughs> it was that's that's just the, that's it. That's yeah. the scene. He just steals his he mom's just, credit card, goes in her safe with all her jewelry, and I, just I, he stole he stole credits. But yeah, he stole he stole fucking money from her. It was really much. fucking funny. It's hilarious too because he also um, when he opens the safe, it's like safe open, and then he just closes it. Safe close. It's like no big deal. Do you know what I noticed though too? Uh, the safe started blinking after he closed it. Ooh, maybe. So I'm maybe wondering he's... if maybe a notification went off, and so his mom knows that he took the money. Oh man, that's what happens. You know, that's what happens with these credit cards these days. Yeah. Anybody makes a purchase anywhere, it goes right to your phone. You know, right away. This podcast is sponsored by Capital. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so we cut to Luthen, who is finishing up his uh, mission. He's on a ship, flying back, and he's talking to Clea via space Skype. That's what I'm just going to call it. And he's tell, you know, they're speaking in code Every, all the time. He's like, you know, how did the how did it go with the buyer? Oh, the buyer's not going to sell. Okay, well, what about that other thing? I should be there for that. And she's like, no, you don't need to be there for that. We got people in place for that. I think heavily implying that Luthen wants to go to Ferrix to try to grab Andor. By grab, I mean kill. I think Luthen wants to kill Andor because he still thinks he's a threat. I don't know about kill. I think he just wants to at least intercept him. I th- well, he wants to wrap, wrap up that thread however he can. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. well, there's a part of him, I think there is a part of him that like sees him as a asset still. Mm-hmm. But I, but like, how much of that is an asset, or just him like trying to clean up his mess? Yeah, because because yeah. Andor running free is a mess for him. It's a it's a loose it thread. Is. Yeah, you're right. You're right. While they're doing this, like he gets uh, a notification from his computer. He gets intercepted by an arrestor class cruiser. Which, for those of you who don't know, it is a ship that is based directly off of the original concept art for a star destroyer got these big satellite dishes on the front i love this thing it looks so 70s sci-fi it's got to be like a prototype like a re- this has to be some sort of prototype style cruiser so looking into the lore a little bit it's a patrol ship it's literally its duty is to catch pirates like losing ship pirates in the star wars universe they're not they're not like organized big resistance fleets at least not at this yeah, time yeah, yeah. They're like one or two small freighters that you can grab with those big ass tractor beams that they have on those points on the ship, pull them in, and then they have a very boredom, yeah, and they have a very limited air wing to take them down in case something goes on. We get this like amazing. This is one of the best dogfights in Star Wars. It's great. It's amazing. I it is amazing. Yeah, You're right. I can't think of anything else. I I mean we can we'll we'll, we'll give you the, the the blow for blow a little bit here, but like the short version is. They put a tractor beam on Luthen's ship, and the whole time he's just pretending to be an innocent freighter. And he even tells his, his computer, like, hey, give them a fake ID, something Alderinian. Because even at this time, Alderaan is known for, like, humanitarian missions. They're known as the goody-goody two-shoes yep. of the Star Wars universe, which is why it's such a big fucking deal when Tarkin blows it the fuck up. Because mm-hmm. they the, they're pacifists. Like, oh, they're yeah. super nice guys and gals. The ID works. It goes through. But the captain of the Arrestor Cruiser is like, we need the practice. He just, he's his bullshit ambition. Yeah. Fucks him. Imperial ambition. Luthen does an amazing sequence where he powers up his ship and makes it go full, full throttle to try to escape the tractor beam in air quotes. So they power the tractor beam to full. And that's when he springs his trap. He opens up the back of his ship and releases like thousands of flechette rounds. just like, Little fucking spears. Yeah. And they fly at the tractor beam emitter and shred it. And I, I told you this. Uh, if you notice, you know, because someone was like, why does it just go all the way through, you know, and hit the bridge mm-hmm, or whatever? Mm-hmm. So they're in gravity on the planet. Yeah, yeah. And the force after they hit the tractor beam dish just stops them. 
because there's not much force afterwards because they're getting yeah. pulled in force and it just shatters them and explodes on impact, which might have been by design, by the way. It, it, he might have, you know, they've been like just strong enough to shatter the dish, but not enough to destroy the ship itself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And after that, dude, they launch the fighters. Oh, oh my man. God. He shoots militarily too. It was cool because they launch uh, three TIE fighters and a TIE bomber. Yep. And if you notice, the Fondor shoots down the bomber first because the bomber is equipped with proton torpedoes and ion cannons. So he eliminates the biggest threat to his ship first. The fact that he is so easy to calculate all these things yeah. so quickly. I mean, this guy, this guy's smart. Luthen is a lot more. He's not just an information genius when it comes to like spy rings and yeah. blah, blah, blah. He's a tactical whiz. Absolutely. As well. Which, uh, we're gonna, again, we're going to cut to uh, stupid theories that I saw on the internet, but this one I actually like a little bit. Uh, someone said that uh, Luthen could be General Kraken from Legends, and then also he made a brief appearance in uh, Return of the Jedi. I, like, okay, no, that's not he's, not, he's not General Kraken. He's very, I think, very heavily inspired by the Legends General Kraken, who did all the espionage stuff for the Rebellion. But also, it would be kind of cool if he was. I, I know it's yeah. stupid, but I'm like, ah, eh, it could be kind of cool. So after this whole thing happens, there's two TIE fighters left, and he starts up these laser beams and lets them kind of, like, pass him in a way, and he twirls, and they just... They just vaporize it. And in, and in, and in that same instant, he jumps to hyperspace. Right away. And you see the ship commander just staring and looking down like, God dang it. Yeah, like, like he, I'm I, fucked. Ugh. Because very clearly that he you know he says where is my air wing? Cle very clearly the entire arrestor class's air defenses were just wiped out. Yeah, his ship is now uh, inert. After this, we go to Cassian, who's making a call, and he's calling Ferrix, and he calls Zan. Zan's the guy who was in like the first three episodes when he was trying to leave. Uh, he was the guy that cut him a deal on the ship. Yeah, he's the guy who was with the alien in the booth. And they were arguing about what... Uh, it's going to be an hour to get your ship yeah, and yeah, all that yeah. stuff. That, that, that's who he is. And he's calling the freight yard, and he basically he tells Andor, like, hey, your mom has passed. And yep. then what happens, though, is he's using Cassian's name. And Cassian's like, no names, no... And he uses it three times. And Cassian just finally, like, doesn't say anything the third time. Yep. And he just kind of like hangs up, backs away. Yeah, he, he backs away from the phone. Yeah. And we see that Melshi's watching off to the side. They have like new clothes on very clearly and or get, you know, they use the money to buy clothes and things. You pointed out that Melshi has a necklace on. Yeah. <laughs> like, gotta have that bling, man. Gotta have, gotta have the drip even in the Star Wars universe. Melshi's shirt actually looks like the prison. It's, it's a bunch of symbols that look like the prison they came to. And Cassian is wearing the most ugly 1970s <laughs> outfit, terribly color mismatched. I just, gross. Very, very Star Wars. Well, and I, I think the symbolism there is just that uh, Melshi is going to continue to wear his prison experience on his sleeve and out in the open, because he even says to Andor, people need to know about this. You know, he asks, he asks Cassian, like, how many people do you think made it? Because I brought this up in the last episode. I said... There's only two of them. We only see two of them make it to the beach. Yeah. So who knows where everybody else went? Of the 5,000 people, two are yeah. dead. You know, or yeah. two make it. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. And then we end the episode with Cassian staring out into the sunset on a beach. Very reminiscent of Rogue One. Absolutely. All right, with that recap done, we are going to take a quick ad break, and then we're going to get into our thoughts, talk about some of those great comments and where we're going to go for the season finale. Stick around. Okay, so we're back. Uh, I'm going to give you my overall thoughts right yes. away. Very sad episode. I love this droid. I love just overall the action sequence, the, the amount that we had. Yeah. Perfect amount for the feel and theme of this for the show that it's in because if it was an epic space battle with like you know all fighters calling in you know blowing up it's like that doesn't fit with what's happening here the now, war maybe, is still five years away now maybe for the finale we will see the krieger fight and we can see i would like happened. to see the raid and how that goes down that would be very cool because i would like to, i 
this is going to sound terrible. I like seeing Imperial victories because all we see is defeats for the most part from the Empire. I would, I like, I like the rehabilitation that this show and Rogue One did of making the Empire seem like a threat. Yeah, I think this episode was good. Good pacing, I think, for the theme of it of you know basically being sad and yeah just a depressing episode like i just like like i can't you know normally i'm like oh the theme is being stuck in a prison your own mind this is just depression yep i feel really bad for this droid oh dude i saw i saw uh, someone posted a meme on twitter it was like what do you think happened to kino and someone was like he drowned and i was like listen hey i, I don't I need saw to know that. that i don't need to think about that i saw that exact tweet and i tweeted you shut your fucking mouth yeah, right, right now like, That's, i don't no. need that i don't need that negativity today but overall, I think this episode did portray depression in a very good way. Yep. Um, just the physicality of the sadness for Bix and seeing Mon Mothma be terrified of how she let this happen to her daughter. Yep, and how she's basically going to have to cross that line in order to continue to help the galaxy. Exactly. It's gotten really bad for everyone, even Luthen. So yeah. even though Luthen escaped an incident. His ship is burned now. Like He's going to probably have to throw that ship away. Everything is just shit for everyone. I, I will say, though, I kind of like what they're doing with Cassian because in a way, Cassian is a little free from his obligations at this point. Like he doesn't Because for all he knows... Bix is fine. You know, Bix has moved on. Pack's fine. Everybody on Ferex is fine, except for his mom being dead. Mm-hmm. And B2 being, you know, he doesn't really know what happened to B2. So I think he's going to find out what's going on when he gets back there. Because he's definitely going to the funeral. He loves his mom oh, too yeah, much totally. to not go. And I, you know, I hate, I hate that the Empire's calling him on that correctly. But yeah, it's going to be very interesting because throughout the show, we see him fighting for family. Yeah. Whether it's the family on Ferrix, the family at the heist, or the family at the prison. His real family is now gone. Yeah. So we'll see where his motivations go from there. And I'm very interested to see what they do with the finale episode, which, by the way, is going to be 54 minutes long. That's crazy. I'm excited. I'm very excited. I'm just surprised they don't... I guess I guess 13 episodes is a harder sell than 12. This is a Netflix after all. Our last episode for Andor might be a little long. Sorry. Yeah, we'll see. So we're going to get to some quotes here. Yes. The first one is from B2 Emo saying, I don't want to be alone. I want Marva. It's so sad. Yeah. That's just depressing. I love the fact that they can show a droid being so emotional. And I think it's really great that they show with this community they treat the droids as individual consciousness right they don't see them as just a droid yep and i like that they like they are they're offering like hey we can leave you know if you want to say goodbye like that's like you do that to a person yeah and i just i like that they portray these droids so as real the, the the thing with that is um we've seen it a lot that is not the norm in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Or at least in the old canon. I'm not sure how it's carried over now, but like the reason that droids develop these personalities is due to their lack of memory wipes. Mm-hmm. Normally, like a lot of times you see the droid just like, you know, yes, sir, no, sir, following yeah, orders. Yeah, yeah. That's why droids like R2D2, C3PO, B2 Emo, and K2SO, which you have a great theory, and I'll get to that mm-hmm. in a second. Um, that's the reason why they they seem to stand out and seem more human. It's because they haven't had their memories reset. Yeah. So they have experiences that they're building on to, you know, that affect their current situation. You mean experiences build you into the person you are? Yes, I do. What? I do mean that. I know, right? Even for droids. My theory is that I, I really think B2 Emo is going to get an upgrade and become K2SO. I think I agree with that because the the, the rapport that they have seems like old friends and yeah. less like because if the timeline lines up you know they'd have to work together for a while yep so it'd be very weird for him to get the droid like two weeks before <laughs> rogue one exactly and and him being so protective because k2so is very protective over cassian oh yeah you know that's why he comes into the city in rogue one like i thought you needed help and you were in trouble so that's why i came yeah the next quote is daedra she says we want to put them in a box and stand back and let them watch 
Yep, they want them to do their customs and their culture, mm-hmm. but like to remind them, you're only doing it because we're letting you. Exactly. You don't have the right to do it. It's a privilege, a privilege that we can take away if you're naughty. The next one is they're actually discussing the funeral. So yep. the this officer is telling her, he says, two days, that's the Ferric's custom. The dead are bricked. They mix your ashes with mortar and local stone dust. Put your name on and fire it up. You become a block of Ferrix brick. She says, and then what? And he just says, they find you a wall. You are part of the community. The community yep. is so tight. That just shows like how this community is so tight, so tight enough that they are brick tight. Yep. And that's why the trust thing with them, no wonder Bix isn't, you know, saying anything. Yep. I will say this. It's kind of depressing knowing that uh, Cassian gets vaporized in Rogue One and never gets to become a brick like his mom. Stardust. Well, Jin becomes Stardust, which is great. Yeah, yeah. Fits with her name. Mm-hmm. Cassian does not get to become brick. Oh, well. Cassian, no brick. <laughs> so the next quote we have is uh, Vel to Clea. I gave him Aldani. What have you done lately? And she replies, I don't have lately. I have always. I have a constant blur of plates spinning and knives on the floor and needy, panicked faces at the window, of which you are one of many. I mean, she's got, you know, she's second in command to Luthen's cell. She's doing a lot of work. Yeah. And like, because they, they got to do their day job on top of running a criminal conspiracy. That's the thing. She is very important. She might be viewed by Vel as, oh, you're just the secretary. No, 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 no. No, no. she is Luthen's conscience. We see it so many times where like Luthen's panicking and she's like, get your shit in gear, man. Yeah, yeah. Because he's like, he's like, I gotta go find Andor. And she's like, no, you, you, you're risking yourself and the entire operation by doing this. Because here's the thing if Luthen gets caught, he knows everybody. He yeah. will tell, you know, like the Imperials are very good at breaking people. I mean, it'll take them probably a while. You know, they're, they're, good at, they're good at what they do. The next two quotes are actually Mon Mothma. So the first one is, I thought it was really interesting when she says, he's strangely open-minded on this topic, talking about her husband. Yeah. Which, it was one of those things where, like, if you ever get in an argument with somebody and you, like, hate their guts <laughs> and, like, the person you don't like, whatever. What's, what's, and that, then old, you, what's and then, that old onion quote? Uh, the, the person you hate the most has a good point. <laughs> yeah, it's like you then all of a sudden agree on something, like, you hate each other, you're fighting, and then, like, somebody says something, and you both are like, hey, that's fucked up, right? And got, the other person's like, yeah, I don't know, that's really fucked up. It's like, yeah, right? We can at least agree on that, right? <laughs> that, that, it's that, one of those things. That line from uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, that meme, uh, he's out of line, but he's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The next one is, who knows what he knows? And that's talking about Luthen. Yeah, who that's knows, pretty great. Who knows what he knows? She's not sure if he knows everything about what's going on with her financial problems or what. I do think he does, yep. but that's the thing. Who knows what he knows? We don't even know as the viewer. The next quote is from Karn's mom. <laughs> After the voice Skype call, space yeah. Skype, we don't really know what's going to happen. We're, we're like sitting there like, okay, is Karn, what's Karn going to do? Yeah. He barely got any information out of there. But he got plenty. Here's the thing. I don't think he was ready to act on that info until his mom says this quote. And the quote is, the mystery of your former triumphs has been vanquished. I can sleep peacefully now. Like, just being her usual shitty self to him. Yeah. And I think that sets him off. I also think, though, she doesn't realize that he got a lot of information from that call. Like, she sees him panicking and stuff. And I think she's like, oh, haha, you didn't get anything from that. He got a lot from that. Yeah. She's she does not think very highly of her son, clearly. No, not at all. So I don't think she expected him to act on the information that was given. I thought it was just like a okay, now you know what's going on. Like, now you know where you fucked up. Cool, I'm going back to bed. Yeah. Uh the one little thing that we wrote down here is when Cassian opens up the manifesto, we hear Nemec's voice say, Tyranny required, and then he closed the book. Yep. I think that that's part of Luthen's mindset where tyranny is required for rebellion they need yeah. to be tyrannical and you need to let it happen for the rebellion to be stirred to grow in strength yeah because if people are people are content they're not going to rebel 
Now, one quote uh, is from Luthen here, where when Luthen shows up on Sagarera's planet, yep. they take something from him. They take a stick. A stick, sure. Well, it, I thought it was one of those, you know, uh, seeing glasses from, from pirates. You yeah, know, or like, a, I thought it was a collapsing walking stick. Yeah. But Luthen looks at the guy because he's about to, like, mess with it, and Luthen just stops him and looks at him and says, put it down or give it back. Yep. Back to our weird internet quotes thing where they're like, it's a lightsaber. It could be. Could be. And that's, that's, where, that's where I go, we don't know. We're going to find out. We're definitely going to find out. We're going to find out. Yeah. So this is the actual quote of Saw Gerrera talking to Luthen about Krieger. And he says, you're willing to burn him. And Luthen says, you're the random factor. It's 30 men plus Krieger. So you know he's doomed. And that's kind of the back and forth. One, we've already talked about the lie of the 30 men yep. thing, unless Krieger actually counts for 20. But it it's just kind of shows how Saw Gerrera is concerned about the situation way more than who doesn't give a fuck about anything else. He's like, wait a minute, you know yeah. this is screwed. Why do you keep going with it? Saw Gerrera, the last thing he wants is to be used. And yeah. I think he's very afraid of being a pawn because he was a pawn for the Republic when they were fighting against the separatists on his planet. He does not want to be a pawn in someone else's war. He wants to be in charge. His mm-hmm, faction mm-hmm. is, should be relevant in his mind. Oh yeah. Cause they've been, he's been fighting for, you know, the 15 plus years since, since the empire was formed. Then saw Guerrero says you have people everywhere. Don't you all of your sources, someone with Krieger, someone at ISB, maybe there's someone here. He doesn't care now about that. Now, like you said, he just cares about being used. Yep. He is pissed. He is paranoid as fuck. And he keeps looking around like, who is it? Who is it? Who is it? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Which is how we get the two tubes scenario. Yes. And then they start talking with the gun pointed to Saw's face. And I I love this part because Luthen gives his reasoning for why he's willing Mm -hmm. to burn Krieger. He says... Krieger goes down, the ISB will feel invincible. They'll feel untouchable. We'll have a clear field of play. The alternative, Krieger pulls out, we wave him off. They'll know, they'll have to wonder. They'll trust nothing, just like you're doing now. And he's right. Absolutely right. Yeah, because the, we watch the way that the ISB is uh, like talking. Mm-hmm. From, from, you know, we, they don't know, but we know. That, that they think they're catching Axis. They think mm-hmm. that Krieger is the end. Yep. Here's the thing. I think the ISB director thinks that. I don't think Daedra thinks that. I, I think, think Daedra, Daedra thinks that it's just a part of the puzzle. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah I agree with that 100%. Yeah. Because Krieger is too much of a well-known name to be this secret operative yeah. thing. And I think she kind of realizes, like, there's no way he's going to do something to risk himself because mm-hmm. clearly Aldani, he wasn't there. We know yep. he wasn't there. And the last quote is Saw Gerrera looking at Luthen and agreeing with him. And he says, for the greater good. And Luthen says, call it what you will. And he just looks at Luthen and says, let's call it war. Yeah. And it's perfect. It's awesome. It shows that they are both in an understanding of anything. People need to die in war. People have, there's no way that this can succeed without some sacrifices. Exactly. They realize that this is war and anything can happen. Yeah. And honestly, you know, there's a scenario where, so, you know, soldiers have to die in battle and soldiers know when they're being sent to their deaths. Mm -hmm, And, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. maybe they, in their own way, you know, if they kind of imply, like if the roles were reversed and it was Krieger being told this stuff and, and, Saw was being sent off to die, Krieger would accept it. You know, yeah. that's how this goes. They need, you know, because once Krieger's gone, they'll be able to do whatever they want. The other thing, too, is Luthen says that the reason why he's telling Saw is Saw has seen his face. Yes. Krieger has never met him in person. Well, well he's. Yeah. In, I, yeah, there's that great line. We didn't write it down, but I love that line where he says, I was in the room, but he doesn't know me. Yeah. He doesn't realize that it was me, that I am who I am. I'm just another face to him. Yeah. So Saw Guerrera knows, and he could be a compromise. And that's one of the reasons why he's telling he's him He's more valuable. Saw's more valuable to Luthen. Exactly. 
Okay, let's get to into our questions before we wrap up. I think my biggest question is, how the hell are they going to wrap up all these threads in one episode? I don't think they're going to. I don't I think they're think, either. I mean, I, think about this. The, this whole thing started because of uh, Andor looking for his sister. That yeah. thread got dropped immediately. I do think it's going to pop up again. I joked and said that I thought Luthen's assistant could be his sister. Yeah. She was adopted by Luthen, and that's why she's so close to again, him. That could be a thing. Bad internet theory. Someone was like, what if it's Daedra? And I'm like, she's too white. She's too white, yeah, no. man. Unless becoming an Imperial drains you of all life. I mean, that could be. That is, that is corporate America. Yeah, there you go. Well, I mean, you mean Imperial, Imperial America. America. Uh, Same thing. I am also curious uh, with Luthen. I will say my theory was that I think Luthen was in love with a Jedi. And I think the Kyber Crystal is the person he loves. Mm-hmm. I think the concept of Luthen being into this in the beginning as a revenge story for losing the person he loves or something like that is so much more compelling than he's just a Jedi. And that's also his reasoning for his ego in the beginning. I want to be the hero because he's so angry. And then he realizes I don't, I don't more. I don't disagree with that, but I also think you could come from the perspective of him being a Jedi. I know there's a lot of people out there who don't want him to be a Jedi. He could be a Jedi. You know, his, his line of, I want to be the hero. Jedi are heroes. He could be a Jedi, and I won't say that I hate that, but I think it would be much more badass if he was a random, regular person mm-hmm. who was in love with a Jedi. And maybe not even love as in, like, marriage or wife. It could even be, mm-hmm. like, a sister or a brother too. was yeah. taken from the Empire. He found his family. Because if you notice, away. everyone that he works with has something has been taken, the Empire's taken something from them. So maybe like maybe that's how he knows. He just knows to collect lost souls. Mm-hmm. You know, if you ever notice, like he doesn't want to work with mercenaries. No, he took Andor. It was like it was like a, it was a last minute. Like oh fuck, I have no choice. I need this yeah. guy because otherwise he doesn't want to work with mercenaries. He wants people who are committed to the cause. I don't even see Andor as a proper mercenary too in that context. Because uh-huh. at first it was like he got out and Andor didn't really want to do anything and he kind of convinced andor and andor was thinking about it in the beginning and then when he offered money then he was like all right fine yeah it was like the one that pushed him over that decision but yeah i i i I think the luthan again this is andor's show but luthan is so fucking he's the heart of the show well i think if we have time next episode we'll do like a who is luthan we'll do like a maybe a yeah we might even be able to do a whole episode of like the piece piecing together what we have on him theory wise uh, another question I have is, you know, will Andor get B2EMO? You know, will he get B2EMO? Yeah, yeah. Will he get him off the planet? Will Bix ever be free? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I would imagine that Andor would want to save her when he comes to the planet. You yeah. know, Brasso will tell him, hey, she got taken. Yeah. And finally, uh, I hope we get to see the raid. I, I want to see too. Krieger's raid fail, because like I said earlier in the episode, I like it when the Empire looks scary. Yeah. You know, we, we, it's cool to watch them win, because it shows that they're not the the car- cartoon characters. Like, dude, fucking, I hate that goddamn meme of like, oh, stormtroopers can't hit shit. It's like, every time that they've been like... How have they taken over the galaxy yeah. if they can't shoot you? Plot armor. That's how it is. That's, that's <laughs> the only reason that Luke and Leia aren't dead, because they have plot armor. I definitely also have all those questions. That's, that's also me. I'm also curious to see the process because uh-huh. we see we see some ferric stuff right we yeah uh, we saw hammer guy again and i want to see more of the ferrex customs like i want to see the process of her becoming brick and i think they're going to show that in the beginning i think that'd be a really nice way to start the episode oh yeah um i'd also like to see more of like what happened to kino loy because fuck you kino loy is the most badass leader i think one of the most badass leaders of any prison escape <laughs> um he i saw a meme where it was kino loy you heard a you've heard of elf on a shelf how about kino on a camino <laughs> and then the comment said oh no water planet he can't swim <laughs> oh no but i re- i really hope he lived I'm, I'm gonna keep that i really have hope that more prison people as well just survived It'd be kind of cool seeing him show up like next season, maybe. Hell, oh my god, I just thought about this. What if they have what if they do a double agent arc? 
Ooh, that'd like, be cool. They turn him, yeah, and release like release him because he was already fine working for the Empire. Well, Maybe. until he realized the Empire was fucking him over. Yeah, but like they they totally they could totally like you know brainwash him, break him, and like have him be a double agent. Like in season two, like he saves Andor from like a raid yeah, yeah. or something, and then later on betrays him. There's just so many things that I don't think they're going to wrap up in this season that they're no. going to leave on a cliffhanger, and I'm totally fine with that. I I, I prefer that. I don't want a nice bow on it. Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited. Final thoughts for me. I I need more of this show. We've yep. been saying it in every single one. I need more of this show. Twelve episodes was not enough. And with that, we hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us grow the show. And be sure to connect with us on Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter, as long as it exists at lore underscore party. Thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you on the finale.